This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. Accidents happen, and when they do, you'll want a lawyer who will stand up to the insurance company and fight for your rights. In case of emergency, have this name in your back pocket. Goldfinger. Brian Goldfinger. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. Um, what a game. <laughs> what a game against the Wizards. I would say it was exciting if it wasn't so excruciating because the Raptors needed double overtime to put away the Washington Wizards. Um, it was a 140-138 to 138 game. Jesus. Uh, it was... I mean, I don't, I'm struggling to find the word to describe this one just because the Raptors were cruising this entire time. I mean, the Raptors got out to a 27-10 to 10 lead and then proceeded to lead by double digits as high as 23, but by double digits throughout the entirety of the second quarter, the third quarter, and with six minutes left in the fourth quarter, they still had a double-digit lead, and you thought the Raptors would come in and they would take care of business and everyone would go home. This is a... It will be a quick trip to D.C. and, uh, you know, we'll get away with the win. But the Raptors basically just couldn't uh, lock down defensively. I mean, they conceded 74 points in the second half. They did not come out to play defensively. And you got to credit the Wizards. Bradley Beal was phenomenal. I mean, I can't believe there were people telling me that the Raptors can't give up JV for Bradley Beal. Are you kidding? Have you seen Bradley Beal? Bradley Beal, for the record today, 43 points, 10 rebounds, 15 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks, 55 minutes played. He sent the game to overtime with a double overtime with a ridiculous 3. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about this guy, but he was incredible. Um, you know, he was just relentless. I mean, he kept attacking the basket, and we've seen this with Bradley, right? He has this mode that he hits when John Wall isn't in the game and when he takes over, and it, it's honestly terrifying because it's so hard to guard this guy because he can play on and off the ball he's so aggressive in both those scenarios and um you know it really requires you to really communicate you can't really switch against him because he was doing such a good job of breaking down the big man and then dumping it off to guys like thomas bryant or kicking it out to ariza or Otto porter like the wizards were basically just basically it was just Bradley Bill saying, we're not losing this game. And they still lost the game, and he looked despondent afterwards. But, my God, he came very close to swinging this result. And uh, the Raptors just couldn't play defense, man. The Wizards hit a franchise record 19 threes on 44 attempts, all right? So, you know, Beal hit six of those. Ariza hit four of them. And then you got Otto Porter off the bench for five. So that's a big chunk right there. But, um, again, somehow the Raptors pull it out. I, I'm... It's hard to even recap this game because there was so much that happened uh, that I completely forgot. I have a lot of uh, extra notes about sort of just what happened in regulation. So I guess I'll put that towards the end because really it was the you know fourth quarter and overtime that people want to hear about. Um, defensive, the Raptors just didn't have it together in the fourth quarter. Like they just didn't. They uh, you know they just they couldn't do anything against Bradley Beal. Um, you know I thought uh, Danny Green like 
in terms of as defensively, this is one of his worst performances. It's unfortunate because he still did come up with some big performances, and I think he did come up with some big plays. He does have two steals, two blocks, um, and you know. But I mean, man, he just could not contain Beal. Um, and yeah, I mean, the Wizards basically. They, they took Jeff Green on a starting lineup, and they put Otto Porter in, and that's it. They rode that lineup for the whole game, basically, until uh, Ariza fouled out in overtime, or double overtime. Um, and, yeah, they were just, you know, consistently getting threes. And, meanwhile, the Raptors kind of, like, consistently slowed down their offense, which was kind of annoying to watch because early on the Raptors defensively were so solid. They were flying around so many transition buckets, you know, forcing turnovers and going the other way, and, it was all great, but in you know the fourth quarter and obviously in overtime, none of those transition baskets existed. I thought Pascal Siakam kind of faded. Uh, you know, he still was a monster on the boards, and he had a great game overall, right? I don't want to criticize him whatsoever. Twenty-four points, nineteen rebounds, two assists, three steals, two blocks, five turnovers, and six fouls. Whatever he fouled out, but like he just wasn't a factor in um, overtime and in, in, in the fourth quarter, and you know it, it was. I mean, he fouled out on a pretty light whistle, I thought. I mean, it was completely inadvertent. He ends up clipping, you know, Bradley Beal on a drive. But Brad was kind of slipping and sort of uh, was falling over already. So it looked like Siakam had hit him and he had fallen over, but he was already falling over. Whatever. It's it's a bad call. But, you know, I think there were some calls either way. But, um, yeah, I mean, just in terms of forcing turnovers and sort of that open court play, that's where Pascal thrives. Uh, and it was kind of disappointing to see that, you know, he was passing up opportunities, a little bit wild, taking a charge, you know, things like that. Like, he just wasn't as a, a much of a factor. But he did go on the offensive glass, and he got five of them, and it was great. And even the defensive rebounds were very important for the Raptors. But, um, yeah, it, it, in terms of just effectiveness, he wasn't quite there in the clutch um, surge. Was there in terms of he hit the game-winning shot, but, I mean, he was two of eight. Before that, and uh, he wasn't really doing much, really, on either end. I mean, he was playing decent defense, but, I mean, still, Beal was just beating him consistently. And if it wasn't Beal, Beal would dump it off to uh, Thomas Bryant, who would dunk the ball and stuff like that. So, Ibaka wasn't quite there, and then Kyle Lowry wasn't quite there. That's the concern, really. It really comes down to Kyle, right? And in a game like this, you need a second guy. And that second guy today played 50 minutes, got 12 points, and shot 4-15 from the field. 2-10 from 3, including... Uh, at the end of the first overtime, the Raptors had like 6.8 seconds. It was tied. And um, the play that Nick Nurse drew up was basically to inbound to Kyle Lowry at the backcourt and then a screen uh, halfway by Serge Ibaka and then have basically Kyle toss up a shot. This is a play the Raptors have run consistently over the years, and I'm not surprised that Nick Nurse continues to run it because it used to be very effective back when Kyle was really good, really effective, blowing by people and stuff. Today, and especially recently since he's come back from the back injury, he's moved around gingerly. It's hard for him to get separation. And, you know, that w- it just ended up in a terrible shot for Kyle. I thought pretty much all the clutch shots should go to Kawhi Leonard. And, um, you know, even though Kawhi missed one at the end of regulation, again, very, very rudimentary play call there. Where That's the other play that Nick Nurse likes to go to. I mean, he basically has two of these plays um, that he has consistently gone through. Although the Danny Green game winner in Orlando was pretty good. But... The two plays he likes to go to are the one, the screen at half court when you inbound to the back court, and then you get a screen half uh, halfway, and you force a quick switch with a guy going with some momentum. Um, there's that, and also there's Kyle Lowry sending a ball screen for Kawhi Leonard. That one I hate the most because it just has not worked. I don't think Kawhi Leonard has the handle basically, um, or the temperament to really because what teams are doing is like you know 
okay, so Kawhi has the ball. You picture that, right? There's Kawhi's man's obviously guarding him. And then Kyle comes to set the screen. And the goal of it is really to have Kyle step up and then maybe force a switch where Kyle's man, the point guard, is then switched on to Kawhi Leonard. And that's an easier matchup to attack. However, the Raptors have tried this consistently in Detroit. They tried this in uh, Boston. And it just they've tried it a couple times when they've had crunch games. And it just doesn't work because what teams do is they trap. And they try this in the middle of the floor. They try it on the sideline, everything, right? What teams do is they trap. They force Kawhi to sort of backpedal, keep his dribble alive, but backpedal, right? And then during that time, while Kawhi backpedals, then the guy, Kawhi's man, is able to come off Kyle Lowry's screen and then get back onto Kawhi. And then Kyle's defender is able to go back to Kyle. And there is no opening at any point during that time. It just wastes time. And so I, I don't want to see that run anymore, man. It just doesn't have it unless... Kyle can set a great screen and then pop open for three and then confidently take a three, which I don't really want Kyle taking that, you know, a quick pick and pop three for the win. Like, I just don't. Uh, That or if Kawhi can bust the trap and dribble through and then all of a sudden the defense is completely screwed because then it's like a five on three. Um, Unless one of those two things happen, don't run that play anymore because it just doesn't. It just ends up with Kawhi going for isolation and then working for a shot. Even if you just went as easy as you... Um, clear out one side, you put Kawhi on the ball in the in the post, right? He catches it in the post. He's going to seal his man. There's not an issue about that. He's too strong and too big. And then just have him, like, turn around, face up, jab, step, and shoot a jumper. Like, I'd literally rather have the mellow play than this random play that, you know, Kyle and DeMar used to run it all the time. But that was Kyle and DeMar, man. Like, I don't think Kawhi needs his help. Anyway, that's just a general gripe about uh, Nick Nurse's play calling. But, yeah, I mean, you know, um, I, just overall, I don't think Kyle has sort of been there in terms of just like that next level is just not quite there. It's been a couple of shaky moments in crunch time this year. He's had a lot of good moments too. And today he comes up with the game saving. Uh, it's not even a steal so much as an interception because the Wizards, um, after Danny Green split a pair of free throws, the Raptors went up to 140 to 138. There's like 2.8 seconds left. They had no timeouts. So they had to inbound from under their own basket. And, um, they decide to throw a, basically a, a Hail Mary to Bradley Beal. Kyle intercepts the pass, and then, um, you know, that basically is the game right there. And it's a great hustle play. And Kyle made a lot of great hustle plays. He played his heart out. But, like, in terms of just what he has right now, it's kind of shaky. Um, because he is not quite able to create. And when teams dare him to score, and by that I mean he comes off the high screen, and both defenders are basically working really hard to deny the pocket pass or the pick and pop pass Serge Ibaka and Pascal Siakam whoever is screening in that situation and then the Raptors are just kind of stuck because Kyle's not really going to take that mid-range shot he's definitely not going to go all the way to the rim he doesn't have the lift for that right now and he's not really taking the pull-up three either because just because he's not really consistent on that I mean his three-point percentage right now is probably like under 33 percent for the season he was two of ten today and so what is Kyle giving you in these crunch moments? And look, it's not about piling on Kyle. It's just really about the fact that he has a higher responsibility than almost everyone else on the team. It's not named Kawhi Leonard, right? Kawhi is going to get his. Kawhi got 41 today. He had 11 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks, a number of clutch plays. But can Kyle create? I mean, to Kyle's credit, he did bait a foul on Thomas Bryant in double overtime that gave the Raptors two clutch free throws, and that's key. But that's that was the entirety of Kyle's offensive production. Um, for basically the, the period you would call crunch time, the last couple minutes of fourth quarter, and then also the two overtime periods. And so that is a concern. But the Raptors, ultimately, they did pull it out um, because Kawhi was phenomenal. I mean, every time Kawhi got on Bradley Beal, he would just like, 
he would just kind of torment him. There was a play earlier in the game, I think in the first quarter, where um, Kawhi was he, Kawhi wasn't the primary guy on Brad. That was Danny Green, right? Um, but in the, early in the first quarter, Kawhi ends up on the assignment on Bradley Beal, and he literally just like taps it out of his hands and then bobbles it over his head. And Brad tries to jump and reach for it like a little child, like a little brother trying to like I don't know fight for a toy against his big brother or whatever. And then Kawhi tosses up ahead for Pascal for, for a dunk, and so. You know, Kawhi was really good against Bradley Beal. He came up with a um, clutch block as well. Um, Kawhi was just everywhere, really, everywhere. On the offensive glass, fairly key. I think he was the guy that got off his rebound before Serge hit his game-winning shot. But, um, you know, it, it, there's a bit of concern there with Kawhi, too, because, uh, you know, just randomly in the third quarter, um, I think the broadcast team announced that, yo, um, Kawhi has a bit of left leg tightness. Now, that's all they said. And it's a bit confusing what that means, but, um, you know, he was pictured on the bench. He had a little, like, extra bit of padding on his leg, on his left leg, on top of the fact that he sits on that giant cushion, which is almost comical. It's like a throne. It's really appropriate for his status on the team. But, um, and then, you know, later in the game, you can see Kawhi sort of limping around and stuff. So it is concerning. He did play the entirety of the overtimes, and he created it out, and the Raptors got the win. So that's good. But I would have to say, no individual result is worth in the no individual result in the regular season is worth risking Kawhi's health. And I'm sure today he told the, the medical staff, you know, he told Alex McKechnie, who's right on the bench, um, that he's good to go and that he wanted to go and he felt good. But we'll see in the coming days. We'll see about his status, whether or not he can continue sustaining this because. You just gotta play it safe. You gotta really play it safe with Kawhi, and that's not even just the free agency thing. That's just the Raptors um, having any success in the playoffs thing. Because if it isn't for Kawhi, this team is not actually that good. So it is a bit of a concern. But um, they win it. Yeah, Serge Ibaka wins it. I mean, he gets to he, he so he gets a kick out. The guys recovering to him. He really has a opportunity to swing it to Kyle Lowry at the top of the key. Really, really like immediately if he wanted to. But instead of doing that, he fakes the pass, fakes out the defender, and then takes a three for himself. Again, he was 2 of 8 at this point with 7 points after having played 40 minutes in the game. All right, So it wasn't like he was red hot. He hadn't hit a shot for pretty much the entirety of the second half and overtime. And then, you know, of course, he hits a 3 and the Raptors go up by 1. Uh, and the Raptors end up winning. But, um, man, there was a thrilling game. A lot happened in regulation, actually, before... You know, all the craziness went down in overtime. Uh, just a couple things. Um, I thought Kawhi and uh, Kawhi and Pascal continued to exhibit good um, chemistry. I think I've sort of repeated this in the last three games, but it's really caught my eye recently where um, Pascal is really understanding how to move and how to cut while Kawhi is either doing his post-up or sort of facilitating out top. Kawhi hit uh, Pascal with a bullet pass, high-low feed um, from the top of the key. Uh, and also there's another play where Kawhi was posting up, Pascal um, comes to fake, sets a screen, but then and then flashes to the basket, and Kawhi finds him, and he gets a layup that way. Pascal was really, really good um, early in the game. I mean, he was posting up against Trevor Reza, Bradley Beal, Jeff Green, who was just scoring on all of them. It was great. DeLon Wright was really impressive. Um, he was really, really aggressive. He had 17.7 and 11 shooting, six rebounds, including four offensive, three assists, a steal, a block. I mean, he was everywhere. Hit a three as well. And it's just, you know, no Fred Van Bleet. So it's nice to see the line right take ownership of the bench over the last two um, games where uh, Fred's been out. Well, actually, I guess he was, he, was he playing the last game? 
I guess Fred was in the last game, but still, it's nice to see DeLon take ownership of the bench because he really needs to. Um, Norm was pretty decent in his minutes. Monroe came in, you know, did the Monroe's things, was all right. OG uh, only played 21 minutes. Really, he wouldn't even have played that many minutes if Pascal didn't foul out early in the second overtime, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, he was fine. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It looked like an easy win the whole way. I was feeling really, really good about this one. And then the Raptors kind of, you know, let the Wizards back in. And really, these are games where you almost hate to win because you would almost rather take away the lessons moving forward for the bigger picture as compared to the result. But the Raptors got the result, and you can't complain. It was, you know, it is fun beating the Wizards at the buzzer. I mean, there's a long, long history of this. And uh, our man Zarrar, obviously, um recap this for fans you know if you need a history lesson um there is one i've linked to it on my twitter account but if you've uh haven't seen it there's just a long line of raptors that have hit a ridiculously clutch and unlikely shot against the wizards over the years obviously none of this happened in 2015 when the wizards got that karma back and swept the raptors so you know that's it's good on them but i'm talking about mo pete against uh, michael ruffin Remember when Michael Ruffin thought the game was over? He threw the ball in the air, like, two feet. And then Morris Peterson catches it and throws it the length of the court. And the Raptors force overtime. Sam Mitchell is jumping up and down. Um, Chuck Swirsky is going nuts. And then the Raptors end up winning that game in OT. Chris Bosh in 2009 had a game winner. That was against Gilbert Arenas and the boys. And, like, the Arenas and them was wearing, actually, the, um, the bullet casing jerseys. Because, uh, you know, they were called the Bullets or whatever. But they had, like, those, like, copper jerseys or whatever. And Chris Bosh, you know, very memorable game winner. Um, Anthony Parker with a Miracle 3 from 2007 or 8. I'm not sure. One of those times. Corey Joseph in the corner. Um, that was all, That's actually the same play the Raptors ran for Kyle Lowry. But the option, first option was for DeMar to come off two screens at the elbows and then drive baseline. And he kicked it out to Corey Joseph who was wide open for the game. And that was great. Um, but, you know, today Kawhi was in the DeMar spot, didn't get open. And so, well, he, he didn't even look really to get open. It looked like the first option was Kyle and they quickly amounted the Kyle in the backcourt. Um, and then you got DeMar and his dagger against the Wizards uh, last, uh, no, 2017, yeah, March 3rd, 2017. Then you got Fred Van Vliet earlier this year where the Raptors were shorthanded, no Kawhi Leonard, second game of a back-to-back right after that Wizards, or sorry, right after that uh, the Celtics win, third game of the season. They're on the road in D.C. Um, you know, Raptors cruising most of the way, but then obviously the Wizards make a comeback because they're annoying. And um, Fred Van Vliet basically scoops up a loose ball and throws it towards the basket with one hand fading, leading off to the side, and he hits it, and that basically iced the game. So Serge Ibaka passing up Kyle Lowry is uh, just another chapter in – what is mostly a positive history between the Raptors and the Wizards. Um, but uh, fun game. Um, you know, it, it's honestly, it took a lot longer than it, I really wanted it to. Like, most people would really just prefer to have their Sunday afternoons to, you know, do things and chill and whatever. But um, Raptors not making it easy. Well, really, the Wizards not making it easy because kudos to them, man. They fought really hard. In terms of your three stars, first star was Sikwan Leonard, 41 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals. Uh, incredible game. Second star, Pascal Siakam, 24 points, 19 rebounds, two assists, three blocks, or two assists, three steals, two blocks. Um, the turnovers and the fouls is, is kind of a, a point against Siakam, but overall, 
you know, he was very productive, especially early in the game. And, of course, Serge Ibaka, I mean, when you hit the game winner, you got to get one of the stars. And, you know, this is probably the bare minimum you could do while getting a star, 10 points, 4 rebounds, 3 of 9 shooting. But uh, he hit the most important shot of the game, and that's really what matters. So Raptors got a couple days off here. They'll play the Celtics uh, on the road. The Celtics are imploding right now, um, you know. I might have put out a slanderous tweet that uh, the Celtics are slowly becoming the Wizards because they keep fighting each other and underperforming. And uh, I don't know. But, you know, putting that slander aside, going to Boston is never easy. And this could easily be a game where the Celtics, you know, get themselves back on track, quote unquote. Um, We'll see. I mean, we got Kyrie yelling at Hayward. We got uh, Marcus Morris shoving Jalen Brown. So, you know, a lot of strife over there. A lot of team meetings being called and then like three game win streaks against like trash opponents like Chicago Bulls. And it's like, oh, we're back on the same page. It's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Let's see you beat the Orlando Magic first. But um, the Celtics obviously will have that game circled in their calendar. The Raptors will, of course, as well. Raptors have some nice rest heading into the game. So that's that's new. That's a that's that's, you know, that's that's a change. Um, and, yeah, that's going to be interesting. But um, good win tonight. Uh, and uh, I'll be back to recap the Celtics win.